accessing library computer data. Hi everyone, uh, just to let you know this is an old episode that we recorded back in January of 2013 before we went live. Uh, it is an old one but because we thought it's such a good episode and of good sound quality we thought we would release it as a pre-recorded. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Engage podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Simon. And I'm Phil. And today we're going to be doing Star Trek trivia. Dun dun dun! <laughs> Which basically consists of me and Phil asking Simon the expert of Star Trek The questions. wise old man. Yay! <laughs> Some questions. I know Star Trek me. We'll stump you with one or two questions. We'll try to at least. Yeah. Probably family will we'll try. Well, we'll have to give it's it a good go. It's like Star Trek Mastermind, isn't it? Simon, you have 30 points. Yay! What do I get? I don't know. Do I get Fistful a laser? Do I get a laser etched. Um, um, what do you call trophy? it? Trophy? No. No? No. You get nothing. A bit of paper. You, 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 you merely get the love of the fact that we've asked you questions and you have or have not or been able to answer them. My We're putting you on the spot this time. Yes. Yeah. On the spot. Do. I've got a load of questions here. You mean boom? <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> Let's count down. I know. Let's try this right. Okay. Well, I think you should have the first question, shall we? Yeah. Some we basically we ask you questions, and some we really want to always ask Simon here. Mm. As I'm meant to know most of it, but I'm not sure. Now. Go on, give him a difficult one. <laughs> you must start off with a difficult one. Well, I'm not sure if this one is going to be a difficult one or not. It probably isn't. Why was the Starship named Enterprise in the first place? Because it was a flagship. That's what all the ships were called. And seeing as Enterprise NX-01 was called Enterprise, they thought I'd follow that trend on. That's all I've got. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's actually true. <laughs> the thing is, yes! thing is, thing is, he, can yes! give, he can give us all this knowledge, and like between me and you, some of the questions we might throw, and we might actually know the answer. It's he good, could just isn't sit there going, "Well, blah 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 just blah." Just make blah, up as you go along, and uh, that's how. Yeah, it was but done. people listening can catch you out. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, Fair yeah. I might never put it in then. <laughs> yes, Simon always wins. We'll see about that. Okay. Is that it? Have we done yeah, now? <laughs> that was my first question. The other humdinger, the challenge. Jamie, never yeah. use that phrase ever again. Mm, I'm going to slap you now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, leave me alone. <laughs> humdinger. Uh, you're going to get this again. Hum. Right, come on, <laughs> properly. Describe the command structure of a Folian ship. Oh, you might have him there. You might have him there. What type of ship? Oh, pig. <laughs> <laughs> a flagship. Just a general folian ship. Because you've seen the ships in Star Trek Online, so you could think of a ship. We're supposed to be asking you questions, answer. Well, yeah. so, so stall in so you can get your answer right. Come on. Come on, what yeah. What type of ship then? A folian ship. Tactical. Yeah. That's okay. I'm not going to name a ship. Come on. They have Folian captain, a Folian commander, <laughs> annoying kid that can fly the ship. Oh, what about an Andorian ship? Oh. Commander Sran, so commander, obviously. Yeah. 
and that's all I know. It, We've it, got him. It it was never truly explained, to be fair. True, but it's probably got information on it somewhere. Probably on the internet somewhere. But you haven't in. looked up the answer for. No, because I'm the one asking the question. Yeah, I think this is going a bit off track. Um, right, let's, think, <laughs> let's think of another question that I think we should probably ask, Simon. Um, I mean, one of the main things that I would like to know, um, could you tell me exactly why uh, it's important for Earth to be protected, whereas the, the actual Federation own a lot more land? Why, why, what is it? I know basically Earth because is... Because it's got the Federation president on it, mm. Starfleet Academy. So if they go... You've virtually lost the main person that tells everyone what they're doing. You lose all the ensigns that are going to become the next people joining Starfleet. And you also lose Starfleet um, headquarters. So, in one why, why, why is it important to have all of that in Earth? That's because the, it's one of the major places where the Federation got started, Federation Charter. Mm. Yeah. They're but the people but, that no, started it. All I'm thinking is, for, from a protection point of view, why Earth? Why Earth? Well, if you think actually back to Enterprise when the 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 Zindi attacked, there wasn't really anything to protect her. There were no ships or anything around. Not that I could even say so. Not very good protection, but that's going off. But it's not close to some of their closest allies. Memory Alpha is quite close, but then that's not going to help. No, but it's just important because it's one of the first members that did it, and that's where most of the people that that's are important to yeah. it mm. are based. Yeah. So if we knock out the main base of it. The whole system's going to go because, as, you, as mm. you said, the Federation child was signed there in twenty one sixty one. That was the founding That's of the Federation, and and basically, Earth is important because we it's Earth. We live on Earth, and we like things that are set on Earth instead of we have it set on Vulcan. Do I, I don't know any Vulcan or Andoria. Do you? Mm. <laughs> so that's a good question. In a, in a good story line point of view you can emphasise with people in that because you live on earth and mm. the so what, you're trying to, what you're trying to say is that the, the governments the, of today are like, are like the governments the, of, of in then. Starfleet so you're trying to say that it's important for a story background as well as an actual real background yeah. for them yeah. because you it's can emphasise with the characters way, that are there but it's also good for the audience to work out oh yeah. yes I emphasise with that I, you know the thing in Deep Space Nine they're on about taxes people today have taxes so yeah. that's where that because people emphasize that's where TV programs work because people emphasize which characters in the program what, what they what go they're through, going through in their own life and that's where it works with Starfleet because if it was set in um, Andorra we wouldn't know what half it meant mm. and I don't know any Andorans I don't think anyone will know Andorans no. for the next 100 years 150 odd years hmm so, have it set on Earth, and we actually understand what's going on. Gives it that believability yeah. as well. And we can actually do it, because we to you it. don't have to put people in makeup for I six mean, hours. The, the main, main reason, true, the main reason I ask that question is because a lot of these, these sci-fi, a lot of the other things that we all watch, is all based on the fact that the, we, the, we, our, our own planet, our own planet being protected, our own things going on our own planet. Well, it's just started. It's mm. a space race, isn't it? Yeah. People have been interested in space <coughs> travel. Like you know, they've been doing that since Doctor Who, really. Yeah. Yeah. We're really what you've got with that is ancient being taking someone around on a um, grand tour. 
Mm. And you, your meant to emphasise with the companion. Mm. That's what that's about. Mm. Just like you try and do that with someone in Star Trek. Mm. So, Wesley Crusher in Next Gen is meant to be someone for children to look up to. I mm. want to be that kid. I want to be the person flying the Federation Starship. Because, I mean, when I first watched Next Gen, I actually come to sort of associate myself with Wesley Crusher. I actually quite liked him, you know, he's sort of a very. A boy who's grown into a young man and taking on a lot of responsibility. So when I first watched it, that was sort of I quite empathised with him in that respect. And I thought, well, as I was going to college, as I was going to uni, I thought, well, I'm sort of taking on that responsibility like Wesley Crusher was. Mm. So I completely understand where someone's coming from. In and that overall, respect. it's there to make you make your life better. So you're trying to better yourself. Mm. That's what it's trying to. But have I answered your question enough? Yeah, you think? no, it's perfect. Well, next one. Um, can you list all the members of the Federation? There's what? about 170 odd members. Oh, I know <laughs> that, <laughs> but no, the main, the main ones, the main ones that people well, would have heard got, of. We've got, I think, Earth, and there's a Federation. Yep. And that would be quite obvious, and everyone at home's going, uh, mm, get on We know that. <laughs> Vulcan, I'm quite sure Andoria's in yep. there as well. Absolutely. What about another one, though? There was, uh, what other one who, who uh, sort Sona. of. Sona. One beginning with T. Tedorites? Yeah. Thanks for your help, Jamie. <laughs> We're supposed um, to be stumping him. You there's know the that, people in Insurrection as well, anyway. I think. The beginning of Insurrection, where they look like um, like balls. I don't know what they're like. You know, they're right at the beginning, and he puts on the thing on his head. And he, they don't eat meat, so they have teeth of flowers. Uh, yeah, I know, yeah. Well. I can't remember what they were called, though. I don't think they ever named. It's never really mentioned as a whole. Mm. It's always mentioned offhand. So it's like, oh, there's... 176 members we won't ever tell you list of them but yeah there's that that's many that's the reason I asked the question is because it's I mean for me looking at from from a, a more of a noobish point of view it's sort of when, when you hear about these, these when you hear about all these old we're, we're together whenever you see Star Trek it's, all, it's always the human race defending or human race attacking they're, they're very rarely with other things helping them out I mean okay in one of the films you've got, the, you've got a Vulcan trying to help them out as well as, as well as the Romulans when they actually had a good Romulan which doesn't happen that often um, but yeah it was the, the, that's the reason I come up with that question it's never really no. pinned down precisely kind mm. of here's a massive list of people that you've never heard of mm. so you can only list off probably about five tops mm. Federation so Earth Vulcan Tellarite uh, Andorians I've just thought of one myself actually just coming up with it I was thinking back to um, original series the ship itself it sort of reminds me of the Enterprise you know a lot of pushing buttons very mechanical I was just thinking do you reckon that that's where um, the creators of Enterprise got that sort of idea from from the ship do you think from the original series like the idea of being a very mechanical ship pushing a lot of buttons communication we had to be in between original series and technology of today yeah so they had to go in between so it had to be and also it's got to be of the decade so it had to be in the 2000 decade so it was all very chrome very Mm. very silverish and very oh look at this it's it's very modern Mm -hmm. it's got oh look at the third season there's a 24 hour 24 24 so story do, you, do you think that's really important I know in, in terms of actually looking at it but when you're talking about a space ship going into the new world and, and, and meeting new 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 species should we call it species 
Yeah. I mean, do you think that's important? Do you think it makes sense that that, that you should have a certain look at look at you when from, from when the other the other species are looking at you? Do you think that's important? It's interesting to see how they look upon us mm. because they all look at us differently. Like Tellerites, you have to be argumentative against them. You have to be otherwise, they're not happy. And with I think the Andorians, you have to be very oh you you know to be oh you've done you know you did quite well today mm. very respectful their traditions and customs yeah. as well uh, that's that's something that's quite difficult that's to what they course. always said it's mm. sort of you're very adaptable mm. whereas they, they always put it so that all the other ones weren't very adaptable they were very kind of no I'm staying the way I am because I am mm. but it turned out that all the species in the federation were actually from one prime race is sent out the their, chase the, their design yeah out to all the races in the federation so they're all linked up together mm. from that's an episode of next gen really good one okay yeah so it's they're all looking at the thing it's each other mm. and going I'm not like you and then they've got this hologram going yeah you are actually <laughs> and they're going no don't believe it no 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 on little parts about your traits are actually lots of anger fear and yeah yeah but so. that's the thing I mean the Federation like you know they learn from other species and other species learn from the Federation mm. cultural exchange but again that's what works about Star Trek yeah it's the human story behind this not necessarily about what happens to them it's all about the emotional story behind it so which is key to most dad, things, isn't it as yeah. well a single dad a single mum because her husband died you've got you know an old um you've got a bit of love stories in there as well love stories you've Plenty of romantic episodes in Star Trek it's so much covered yeah. that they've virtually covered everything you can mm. think of so what you're trying to say is it's the ultimate storyline yeah it's the ultimate soap mm-hmm. with a bit of threat of destruction in it without bad um, plane crashes mm. is attached to it like I don't know Emmerdale where you sit going why is it like a bomb's going off isn't it meant to be a plane crash yeah. it's like a plane crash so it's have a limited speak. budget like, I don't know <laughs> you look at it and it's like hmm. it's a plane well, or is it a bomb not sure which have to be. Yeah. they say it's a plane and then they've got had this like waiting guy across the road like, where's the rest of the plane gone where's that <laughs> well one other question I've got for you is um what was the inspiration in setting DS9 at a space station instead of a starship? The whole reason they did that is because they were having next-gen finishing and they were starting production on Voyager. So they didn't want to set a series on another ship flying around in the cosmos when you've got two ships flying around the same space at the same time. Mm-hmm. So they thought, what else can we do? Um, space station. We're sitting on a space station. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good enough. Actually, that's something I actually didn't know. I didn't know Voyager was in production before Deep Space Nine. Until they got season four and they sort of muffed it up and went, yeah, whatever, we'll, put, we'll have a ship. It'll be a ship now from now on. We'd, we'd, no, station's there, but we'll, we'll worry about the Defiant, yeah. <laughs> so it was the station show for about three seasons and then they went, no, can't bother with this. We're, yeah, we'll make it ship show now, basically, yeah. I mean, I actually quite like that, the difference of it, because it was a case, again, going back to the, the way humans deal with different things. It's you, you, got, you dealt with races that were that, were, that, that have had war-stricken, or they, they, they were basically refugees, all staying at DS9. It's basically a, sign, a space station western. 
Because you've got yeah. Odo is the um, chef, sheriff, sheriff. Yeah, thank you. Um, you've got Doctor Sheriff is obviously Doctor. You've got who else? Have you got you've got Quark as the bartender. But yeah. then again, it also the black market dealer. Garrick. Mm. Yeah. Garrick in there as a tailor and all those sort of things. And the thing is, I think it's also it's very refreshing set on a space station. You know, like the other series, like. Starship, Starship. Oh, they're doing something different, and you yeah. get a more of a sort of unique perspective. You stay in the same place, you get the same people coming up again, and I think that's what makes DS9 such an attractive series. Such a because, special series because it's so much more in depth. It's not a case of the characters. Star, Starship, go out there, find things, have a fight find with things. someone, come back. It's actually dealing Cause with problems, and then go. Oh, we're still sitting there. Bye. It's actually dealing with. Aliens, aliens on a day-to-day basis, and, and the consequences. Yeah, you got to you get to learn a lot. Which more is maybe we're, maybe we're in a way Voyager and Enterprise went a bit wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, going so far with DS9 and saying, "Oh, you're going back in the same direction we've already covered." The problem with Voyager is that they set it so far away from it that they set up a new universe for it, basically. You know, Delta Quadrant, and they went down the wrong way mm. with the Kazon and things like that well one other question I'd love to ask you was why do you think in season 4 of Enterprise did they create stories that had links to the other series what was the purpose behind that good question because that would have been if they had gone on to season 7 they were going to go on to bigger and better things as I think we're discussing in another podcast they were going to do what every other season does, every other series has done in the past. Season four has been the one where they've gone, yes, we've, we're up and running now. We've, we've got them going now. Mm. And that's where it starts getting good. So mm. they had to get people interested again. So, oh, Brent Spiner's on Enterprise. We'll have to go and watch that. Oh, um, Dana Troy and Will Rogers on that one. We'll mm. go and watch that next season. <laughs> so that's why that happened. Because it had to indice people from the other series onto yeah. the show so they would go oh season four's not bad I'll watch five six yeah. and seven I was hoping you were going to come up because that was one of the reasons they wanted to get some of the old fans back so Brent Spiner coming back and oh you have done some research yeah of course I've done <laughs> Lincoln in closely to that <laughs> I've done some research Lincoln in closely to that Data's brother do you think he should have had more B4. yeah do you think he should have had more Data's brother B4 you're talking about law no, before. Before. It's in um, Star Trek Countdown. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Do you think he should have had a bigger part? No, he had enough as it is. Do you not think he should have... Well, um... to be honest, as I say, Countdown, he did get quite a lot in that. Hmm. You have to read it, but he does get a lot more than you, you get in Star Trek Nemesis. Hmm. But I think he got enough. Because if you got too much of it... Because the major story in that film was Shinzon and Picard Hmm. not Data and B4 B4 was part of that storyline but not so important that you needed it the problem is I mean Data's always been a favourite character of the audience and he's I'll be honest to say he is one of my favourite characters he was when I first watched Next Gen immediately became my favourite character he goes for most I mean he didn't die but when, when he effectively died, oh, I just I, I was a bit beside myself. I know because I watched um, I've watched First Contact first, and I liked him. Then when it came to Nemesis, and he sort of at the end he dies, I was like, no, they killed him off. I mm. couldn't believe it. I was like, why did they kill him off? You know, because the character I become quite fond of. Mm. So, but one question I wanted to ask you was with because you absolutely detest the face pistols in Enterprise, don't you? How did you describe them? 
they're not bad and they're just not they're just a bit bulky that's the problem I face with well how, how would you sort of change that how, how would you improve them yeah how would you improve the design of it I think you could sort of get your answer from the Kelvin from Star Trek 11 that sounds about unusual for me but you can actually get your answer from there because what you want to happen is you want them to look like the um, face from the original series but not so much that they're like a copy. A copy of it. But you can see where they've come from. So they could be, uh, uh, you know, they could be a bit bulky, but you could see, oh yes, that's where the Type 2 bit is, and that's where the Type 1 bit is. like a pastiche of it, sort of. A, pre- a full bearer before yeah. it. Because how did you get from that, where it's just one, to that, where they came up? Where did stuff like go, I know what we'll do, we'll have a Type 1 and Type 2. You can't see where the evolution is that well from it. No. So if they had that, and you go, I see that. Because if you think of the uh, the dustbusters in next gen, they're still quite big in a certain way. And then they slowly improved them. Yeah. Because they were quite big in season one of uh, next gen. I was just going to say. And then they got smaller and nice and curvier. By the time you got to Nemesis, they were lovely. I actually love them. And yet when it comes to Enterprise, we know it's set before, they did it after. Why are they so big? It's bulky, and you just yeah. sit going, why did you come up with that? I know it's this newfound technology, and but from a production point of view, they should have gone, okay, this is what they went to, hmm. but we need to make it so that that goes to that from this thing. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, that looks pretty, that's, that's the current, we'll go for that. They needed to have a bit of continuity, which it's- I know is... Literally unheard of in Star the franchise, Trek. but it would have been nice. That's a sparse word, continuity. But it's also you have the same sort of thing with the tricorders, don't you? I mean, like they're really small in like Enterprise in the original series. They're not like, big and massive. It's like, how did that happen? Again, with that, they should have had that. So they're roughly about the same size. Just make them look different. Mm. Make them look current, but make them look that big instead mm. of well, there you go. There's a hand tricorder. About the size of an extra one, you sit going, how have they got it that small already? And then go, oh no, that doesn't work. We'll go for a big, massive one with big, massive. <laughs> it's a bit like the um, circuit board in Back to the Future Part Three. Mm. It's like you know, it can fit in a micro processor. Oh yeah, Back I remember to that. Future Three, it's a big, massive thing. You sit going, <laughs> why have you gone backwards? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it does. That's that's the problem yeah. with it. That's where, yeah. ne- where um, Enterprise doesn't work. Phil? Mm. I mean, that is saying if, if you think that, I mean, as I said to you before, it's if you think that incre- increases in, te- in technology means having something that goes smaller. I mean, not necessarily, but hey, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, in terms of sort of questions, I mean, I, I, I wanted to know a little bit more about the actual next generation itself, where, where you have got Captain Picard. I mean, and and his love um, for, for the for, yeah, for um, um, okay, Beverly Crusher. Do you think that there should have been a little bit more to that? Because ne- they never really went back to it. I think they put that in a good position because that was a another. That's where Nixon does quite well. Another Ross and Rachel relationship in Star Trek. Well, it's it's almost like he. I mean, he he he's going to go back there when he has leave. I mean. I mean, can, can can he prolong his life by going back to see her every time? Or <laughs> it was like an unsaid love. Yeah. So you could because Richard Arnold in the 
Star Trek London he was saying wasn't he that they wanted to keep it like, sort of mysterious they never actually did get together but they wanted to keep that mystery of it they surrounding it they the anti-time in all good things hmm. they did get married so in some degrees you do get an answer but they do sort of leave it a little bit at the end of Nemesis and at the end of the series where they go we both feel like this but what do you want to do about it and they just sort of leave it with a big question mark at the end going do we really want to leave this as a set in stone mm. so I think they're a bit touchy and thought not too no, sure we what's won't going on do anything yeah. we will just leave it there because mm. it did seem to work where they were they were off and on and you thought oh hello what's going on here mm. so mm. I think they again I think they left that where they should well the question I've got for you is can you explain how like warp drive works and sort of in relation to why the voyage of warp nacelles go up when it actually goes into warp <laughs> that made it easy for him then did you <laughs> it's not life for universe everything 42 isn't it <laughs> Right, okay, it's going to take a bit of time to work out, but I'm going to try and put it in primary school terms the best I can. Okay? Yeah? We are humbly grateful. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Okay, imagine you've got a car. And you've got. What colour? It doesn't matter about the colour. What colour do you want it to be, Phil? Red. What, mate? It can be red. It can be a Ford. It can be Ford. Okay, cool. Does it have a Saturn? It's a red Ford. Does it have a Saturn? It's red. And what engine has it got? It's, yeah, this is the bit I'm going to okay, get right. onto. Right. This engine has got two bits to it. It's sort of a hybrid, but it's a bit of a new, unique one. It's almost like a, a petrol and electric car. Yeah, it's a bit different though. Okay. Yeah. This, <laughs> let me explain it, please. Let finish, otherwise we'll lose so track we've of got everything. We'll have to go back again. Red car that's a hybrid. We're sat now. Right. We're sat now, okay. of course, yeah. It's a big, massive computer on the front. And instead of having a electric one and a whatever fuel it is we're going to have a petrol one so imagine petrol is deuterium so that's matter right. Okay. Yep. and imagine you've got the other part of it is um, diesel it's mm-hmm. a part diesel part petrol engine right so um, it's a bit and the diesel is the antimatter right, right yep you combine the two, and in the middle of the engine, there's this. There's oh, I don't know what, what you call it. Where does all the sparks happen through? I can't remember. What Within the end, I know what you mean. Yeah. And that causes a lot of, you know, it causes, that causes the combustion, causes the explosion, yeah. causes a reaction. In there, there's this magic crystal, which is obviously a dilithium crystal. Those two hit together, and that causes a massive amount of energy. So you're talking the, a, a combination of the diesel, petrol, and the dilithium fusing together. All combined together, and that energy is... Uh, what is it? What's concentrated. Concentrated and... Yes, what's Pushed through. Fused. Um, just give me a minute. So we're going to edit this bit down. <laughs> it's... Concentrated and it's was condensed, purified. That's it. Purified, purified. Yeah. So that it goes to the in, it goes to the engines, which in car terms it goes to the axles. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, in a starship, it gets uh, 
transformed into warp plasm which goes down warp plasma conduits up to the warp nacelles which go to the warp coils which creates a big massive field around the ship which causes the space in front to distort distort thank you. or ripple distort making it easier to travel forward mm -hmm. and to go into warp Right. Making them go faster than the speed of light. The speed of light. Voyagers want themselves go up, so um, we're gonna have a look at my book. So it's viable. The other ships, Enterprise, DNA, and XO One. So just it stops. Don't do that. Galactic subspace degradation with the dynamic, so that uh, I can't find it now. <laughs> no, I can't find it. You've lost your way. Well, this Voyager does have an actual why it goes up the water cells go up. It has got an excuse for it. Yes. Uh, it should be easier on it. It does have a reason why it goes up in warp. I hope they don't annoy you, Phil, when you get to watching Voyager. Hmm. Uh, it wouldn't annoy me. Good. Good. One brownie point. Uh, One brownie point for you, Phil. <laughs> You're still looking. Yeah. Oh, that's it. The variable ah. geometry outboard in the cells create the most efficient warp bubble by adjusting position and cell support pylons up or down. So that's so why they put it up. It stops galactic subspace degradation, which basically means in An excuse, basically. global warming hmm. in galactic terms, terms is what I've come up with. Does that sense. explain it? Yeah. I know it took a bit of doing. No, they're trying to be, they're trying it, so you're talking about a, a green well. starship? Yeah. So, does that explain it? Do you actually understand what warp drive yep. is now? Because yeah. I think that's the way I learnt it. And it's, it's trying to explain how you, to do it in the most simplistic way you can. Mm. With them going, I understand that now. Yeah. I that's think actually understands sense. that. Because yeah. it, it's a hybrid. So, to sum up, to sum up a, warp, a warp drive is, is a mixture of a petrol and a diesel engine where a load of stuff happens and it goes up the tubes and falls fires forward. Make, making something smaller at the front so it goes faster. Yeah. Done. There you go. Easy. So <laughs> I think for the first time ever, you, you two actually understood a bit of technical what I've been on about, which is. Which not take us too much off, but there you go. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. I'm glad I got that one covered. So that's the one I've been worrying about for the last few days, is going, how am I going to answer this one? I'm going to answer it. Have you got another one for you at all? No, I'm actually done quite well with my questions. What's, what, what have you else got written down? Well, <clears throat> what I was going to ask you was, how would you make the warp the design of the warp core, warp engine, and Voyager different? Well, not have it as a love lamp for a start. But the only one problem I've always had with Voyager is the fact that it's quite vulnerable to an attack to its impulse engines and warp nacelles. So I'd actually moved the impulse engine so it's actually on somewhere in the source section. Yeah. So that it's less vulnerable to attack. And I think actually it would look better, I think. Do you think the, uh, the ship looking good is actually quite a uh, quite an important thing? For me, oh, as a ship geek, it is for me. Mm. What about you two? What do you think about the look of a ship? Well, I like the Defiant. So it's, it's a completely different looking ship to most of the, what you would have uh. a normal Enterprise. Well, for me, I always quite I quite like the Enterprise. But what it is for me is, 
I like obviously the hole and the outside, but I love also the inside with the core of it. That goes with the style of it, isn't yes. it? Yes, sort of it's the style of it. Time period of it. Yeah. Going on about styles of ships, I mean, well, can, can you explain the parallel universe to me? Because it's something that hasn't made any sense ever. The parallel universe, basically, is for every decision you make, there's going to be a different outcome to it. So, so are you talking more example like I don't know if I walk down the road and I, th- I think I want to take away instead of having a pizza or have a that's what I've never said how far does it go but basically what it is is you, you, you have a different you make you have a crossroads or something and you make a decision uh, it might be multiple decisions you can make but the, the, the difference is these you these create universes or parallels universes where, where they do exist but you just can't see them but they're there so you're saying let's, I don't know I mean for example I'm driving home and instead of going a certain way I go a different way that creates a parallel universe yeah because you'll yeah. get home at a different time talk about something different the best example I could come up with which is quite current to last election okay in the current in our what, universe if, what, if, 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 we, if we had if more people voted for Ed Miliband that's actually happening in another universe. Ed Miliband's won another universe. He's putting out his you know another UK is having his policies. Mm. Whereas we're in this one, ha- controlled by David uh, Cameron. Cameron. But say so you wouldn't vote for him anyway. All you've got to do is look at his face and go. But somewhere, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Why would I vote for that? But somewhere there is. Mm. Yeah. There is a universe where Ed that Miliband is, is in control of. England. But the good and thing is, you can't. If they do exist, the good thing is you can't see them, so you don't have to worry about it. So where, where do you actually cross? Where, where where does this crossover happen? Wormholes and transporters normally happen. Yeah, and that's why is that the most common example. Why is that? If, because 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 it's cheap. Right. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say because because if you can't see them, they're running along different storylines. Because <laughs> what you're saying is, if they're always running a different storyline, they can never meet because they're always different. It's going to be different. That's what confused me, but yeah, fair enough. Just, just, just stick a black hole in, and it'll be fine. But it's a bit like um, there's a universe where Nazis won, have taken over the world. Yeah, they take over the United States. There's but, one where well, JFK really... wasn't assassinated. Mm. I get um, linking family, Red Dwarf now. Family yeah. Guy <laughs> takes does a good example of that. Mm. Stewie and um, Brian's Adventures in the Multiverse. Hmm. That's a good example of it. Where they go, this is the universe where um, this happened. That's worth but, a watch. That's a good way of explaining it. But you can apply it to any sort of Star Trek situation, like Star Trek episode. I mean, for example, you watched it, but a Star Trek Voyager episode, Moon and Sun, both like Message in a Bottle. What if the stat, that starship that was just on the outer boundaries of the Alpha Quadrant, what if that had never actually come into range of Voyager, where they could send a Doctor's program over? Or what if a doctor didn't, couldn't get back and he was completely, you know? Hmm. But there's never really a certain way of describing parallel universe. There's never any set way of going, what means that? There's hmm. no simplistic way of explaining it. Just generalising, basically. General so it just theories. means, what could, what could have been if this happened? And then what could have happened? Because there's, there's certain ways you can go around things. Hmm. There's, there's a television way where it's, yay or nay which is quite simple but in real life there's more options than that so in real life there's billions 
if not trillions of different universes. I mean, because we all make we all make different decisions each yeah. day. I mean, every every day is a decision. I mean, for example, you wake up, do you have toast or do you have cereal? I mean, I'd hate to think uh, how many parallel universes I've made or deciding different things. Or you could actually have both. So one of them, I'll toast first and so I don't mm. know anyone who does that. But. but there's no real simple way of presenting it. Good question, though. Really mm. good question. Another good question. Why is it that the Borg ignore Captain Picard in the film um, for first uh, first contact? Because he's not armed. But they why only is that? respond to threats. Yeah. If they've got weapons on them, they're going to use them and try and kill the Borg. If you haven't got a weapon, they're not a threat. The Borg, the Borg, the Borg, the as always, um, when you first watch them, Q, who, when you first see the Borg in Next Gen, that is a general thing. When they beamed over to the Borg ship, basically they were there and the Borg just completely ignored them. Yeah, the thing it's that I want to know then, for, I'll link that into a question then. So, would you, so if, if a planet, say, for example, didn't produce any weaponry and it was a very utopia planet, would the Borg not bother to simulate it? They would. Because on the side of that they'll go, well, you you can't fight against us, so we'll just invade you. If they have te- if they have other technology or anything like that, that could be useful to the board that enhances them, their perfection or whatever, they'll do it, regardless of whether they've got weaponry or not. Mm. It all depends on the resources they have. If they if they're something the board want. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So you've got any more questions? No, I'm I'm pretty much fresh out. How's your how's your little list going? Completely the same. Right, okay. Well, Are you both happy with what I've said? Yep. Yeah. Is there anything you still well? want explained in better way? or? I mean, I've learned quite a bit today. Same. I, I didn't know the Borgia was in production before Deep Space Nine. Mm. I never actually knew that. So, no. I think that's it. But they started well. production when it was um, about season three, I think it was. And they were going to call to find something beginning with V, but they couldn't because they were going to release Voyager, and that already began V, and you don't want two ships called V. That's a good point. So that's why they went for Defiant, and it sounds quite meaty and feisty. We're mm. going to defend to the I'm glad end. they did. Probably a good name for a warship. Mm. So. I'm glad I didn't go for USS Lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Cisco to USS Lollipop. Could have been a bit sticky. Yeah. Oh no, there's a lollipop in my chair! Hmm. <laughs> Are we done? Not so much should be very bad yeah. for your teeth, yeah. So you're both happy with everything I've said? Yep, no, yeah, nice And you can now explain what we're trying to speak for now. Yeah, petrol, diesel, mixing, hybrid, all go up. Petrol, diesel, bang, thingies, tubes, whoop, the front bang. of the space, distorted, <laughs> done. Easy. Done and dusted. So that ends another episode of the Engaged Podcast. We Have you both enjoyed it? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's quite another bit. one done. Hmm. That's another one done. So we hope you enjoyed Whew. listening. <laughs> and we'll be back soon. Yep. Yeah, uh, thank you again. I've been Phil. I've been Simon. And I've been Jamie, as always. Cheers, guys. Okay. Bye. <laughs>